Worship in the Word podcast with Pastor Robert Morris. Today we are concluding our series called Simplify, where Pastor Robert encourages us to remain simply devoted to God in today's overcomplicated and busy world. Today's message is about the thief of devotion. But before we get started, we have a special limited offer available to our valued listeners this week. To find out more, visit us at PastorRobert.com or give us a call at 833-933-9673. We would love to hear from you. Now, let's join Pastor Robert. Okay, so we are finishing our series today called Simplify. And we've been, every week I've been reading out of a different version, 2 Corinthians 11.3. I started with the New American Standard. The next week I did the New King James. Last uh, week I did the message. This week I'm going to read you the verse out of the New Living Translation. And this is what it says in the New Living Translation, 2 Corinthians 11.3. But I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted. Just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. So here's the title of the message today, The Thief of Devotion. Now, I know we would think of a person being Satan, and obviously he's behind it, but I'm going to tell you about an emotion that can be a righteous emotion or an unrighteous emotion that is the thief that shows us in Scripture is the thief of our pure and simple devotion. But let's go back. So Paul is saying in the same way that the serpent deceived Eve, we've talked about that. But what I want to show you is the first response to sin. And this is the thief of devotion. Genesis 3, this is after they sinned, verse 8, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, watch this, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. The first response to God after sin came into the world was fear. And I told you a moment ago, there's a righteousness and there's an unrighteous. So there's a righteous fear and an unrighteous fear. As a matter of fact, one of the most frequent um, um, messages of the Bible, and in Proverbs you see it a lot, is the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So you haven't actually even gotten to first base when it comes to being a wise person without the fear of the Lord. So there's a righteous fear. That word fear there means to respect or to honor or to awe, to literally to be awestruck. So there's a righteous fear. But what happened with Adam and Eve is an unrighteous fear came in. And what you'll see is the, the number one repeated commandment, and I'm talking about in the imperative form grammatically, in the Bible is fear not. Fear not, don't be afraid. So nearly every time God shows up or an angel shows up to talk to someone, you'll remember this, angel shows up and what do they say first? Fear not or don't be afraid. So why would he say that? It's because that unrighteous fear 
that came into Adam and Eve when they sinned immediately shows up and they were, think about this, afraid of God. But God had never done anything that would cause them to have an unrighteous fear of him. Not one time. Nothing. And so here is the thief of devotion and it's fear. And I'm going to give you the three top fears, I believe, and show you God's answer, right? So here's the first one. The number one is the fear of rejection. The fear of rejection. Now, um, you were created by love. Now, I'm going to explain that to you in a minute. You might say to me, no, no, Pastor Robert, it's this pretty simple. Go back to Genesis and read it. I was created by God. Correct. But 1 John 4 verse 8 says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So yes, I agree, we were created by God, but God is, okay, so we were created by love. Correct? Everyone with me? Okay. If, if, if we were all created by God, I agree, we were created by God, but if the Bible tells us God is love, then another way of saying it is we were created by love. So if I was created by love, then I was created to love and to be loved. So my number one fear is the fear of rejection. You want to know why? Because my number one need is love. My number one need is acceptance. So if my number one need is acceptance, then my number one fear is rejection. Um, let, let me, let me um, kind of say this another way. Uh, we need to understand that whatever you are um, uh, afraid of is actually what you will worship. In other words, if you're afraid of rejection, you will worship acceptance. Because you're afraid to be rejected, when someone says something to you, you don't want that person to reject you, and so you'll do everything you can to phrase your answer in such a way that you don't get rejected. And you'll have maybe three or four conscious memories and maybe hundreds of subconscious memories of being rejected. So you'll think, I don't want to be rejected again. And so I want to, I want to answer this question truthfully, but I want to answer it in a such a way that this person doesn't reject me because my greatest need is acceptance. Everyone follow me? Now, let me say this. Satan, um, Paul said, I'm afraid he'll do it the same way he did it with Eve. Okay. Here's what he did with Eve. He tempted her with something she already had. All three of these fears I'm going to show you that um, they're not correct fears because what he's tempting you with is something the answer to it, the solution you actually already have. For instance, his temptation to Eve was, if you eat this, you will be like God. 
She was already like God. She was made, we use this word a lot, in the image of God, but go back and read it. Verse Genesis 1.26 says, then God said, let us make mankind, that's the word for man there, mankind, in the image, in our image, after our likeness. So she was made in the likeness of God. She was already like God. And Satan says to her, if you'll eat this, you'll be like God. But she was already like God. Now, remember this word, devotion. Remember I said, whatever it is that you're, you're, um, you're afraid of, you will be devoted then to the opposite of that. Okay. I told you about that the word devotion comes from the word vote. Devote comes from the word vote. The word vote means vow. The word vow means commitment. So whatever it is that you're devoted to, in other words, if you're devoted to acceptance, you're committed to acceptance. So you live your life. Here's the reason that I know so much about this. I've had it for years. I've had this disease. I grew up wanting to be accepted. And, and so I did anything I could to be accepted. Here's, here's the lie. Let me show you the lie. <laughs> According to the Bible, Ephesians 1.6, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made, past tense, us accepted, past tense, in the blood. So what Satan is tempting you with, saying, if you'll do this or say this, you'll be accepted, what your answer needs to be is, I'm already accepted. That's what Eve's answer needed to be. When, when Satan said, if you do this, you'll be like God, she should have said, I'm already like God. So when Satan tempts you that if you don't do this, now, if you don't submit to these peers, if you don't you know, if you, if you don't try this drug, if you don't take this drink, if you don't, you know, do this, then you're not going to be in the group. What you need to say is, I'm already in the group. And it's a better group than your group. <laughs> I'm already accepted. Here's the second one, the fear of failure. The fear of failure. And when you fear failure, you are fully devoted to success. And you will live your life trying to be successful. Now, let's, let me talk about another word for devotion that we've not talked about yet. It's the word worship. And I've done series on worship, and yet I thought to myself, I've never even given you the definition of worship. I've given you one of my definitions, which is love expressed, but I've never broken the word down for you. And I love, y'all know, I love breaking down the word. Where did the word actually come from? Okay, worship came from two words, worth, worth, W-O-R-T-H, worth, and ship. Now, here's the only problem. We don't know where ship came from. When we think of ship, we think of a big boat. So we think that worship means that I would feel worthy if I had a big boat. <laughs> but that's not what it means. Ship 
as the suffix actually means the state of. The state of. So let me, let me, let me give you some words that you've heard that will make sense to you now. Lordship. We talk about the lordship of Christ. In other words, the lordship of Christ means the state of being Lord. Does everyone catch that? All right. We talk about discipleship. Discipleship means the state of being a disciple. Here's one, fellowship. It means the state of being a fellow or a friend to someone else. I heard one guy define fellowship, you know, he said it's like two guys in a boat. He still had the boat in his mind. He could get the boat out of his mind. Here's a word, relationship. It's the state of being related to someone. Whether it's a friendship, relationship, or marriage, or family, or something, but it's the state of. Are, are y'all following me? Okay. So what does worship mean? It's the state of worth. In other words, it means that you and I have come to the place that we have realized that Jesus is in the place of worth in our life. And so we value him. We put a value on him. So the reason I'm telling you this is if you fear failure, I said you'll be devoted to success. Let me help you just a little bit more. If you fear failure, you will worship success. You will value success. You will value money. You will chase money because you fear failure, so you value whatever it is, success. Now, for some people, it might not be money. It might be influence or, or excel or some sort of popularity or or some sort of position, or some sort of promotion, or some sort of position, whatever it is, but you, please hear this. This is what Paul is saying was his greatest fear. My greatest fear is the same way that Eve was drawn away. She was deceived by Satan. Your hearts will be drawn away from the simplicity of worship, and let me say it another way, simply of devotion and worship to Jesus in the same way. In other words, so this is why you need to see this is so important. Whatever you fear, you worship. You put worth and value so that you don't have to go through that. You don't want to fail. Look, look at this verse, Matthew 6, 24. No one, this is Jesus speaking, by the way, so no one includes you. No one can serve two masters, for either you will hate one and love the other, or be devoted, vowed, or committed to one and despise the other. You cannot, not you should not, but you cannot, it's impossible to serve both God and money. Uh, I, just want you to, I just want us to examine. Do you have a drive in you to succeed? <laughs> well, um, just to throw in a bonus here, by the way, okay? Would you like the Christian definition of, success, of, of successful? The Christian definition of success is obedience. 
If you obeyed, you were successful no matter how the project turned out. That's the Christian definition, and I could prove it with 100 scriptures, but we don't have time in the three short hours that I have left. <laughs> That's a joke. joke. <laughs> I got one, though. So I'm ready. I don't have anything else to do. So go for it. All right. But whatever you, you are, you're committed to it. Remember again the word vote, uh, devote comes from the word vote, which means vow, which means being committed to. When you vote for a referendum or a candidate, you vow you're co- to be committed to that referendum or to that candidate. See, So you're placing a worth there. So what happens is it's either a drive to succeed or it's a bent to not try at all. And I just want you to think about which one do you relate to. And here's the incredible thing again. Remember that everything that Satan tempts you with is something in Christ you already have the genuine article. Okay? So now we're talking about success. Listen to this verse, 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. You're going to triumph in Christ. Now, that doesn't mean it might turn out exactly like you think, but if you obey, you're going to be victorious in that situation. Now, I, I want to read this like I wrote it because you, you, um, th- this is something I really wish you could either grab a hold of or hold on to or we'll put it on Instagram or whatever so you remember. Don't worship something you already have and don't fear something that Christ has already defeated. Don't worship something you already have. You already have success in Christ, so why worship it? You already have acceptance, so why worship it? And don't fear something that Christ has already defeated, so don't fear failure and don't fear rejection because he's already defeated. And my next point we're going to go to is life and death, so you don't need to worship Life, and I'll explain that to you in a minute, and you don't need to fear death. So the third point is the fear of death. The closer we get to the Lord, the less we fear death. I'm just telling you. Um, The closer you get, now I don't mean the closer you get to death, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm saying the closer you get to the Lord. As a matter of fact, I can gauge where I am spiritually by either how much peace I have or how much fear I have in my life at that time. I can gauge if I need to re-up my commitment to Christ if I have a lot of fear in my life at that time, or I can gauge that I'm doing well in my relationship if I have a lot of peace at that time. I'm saying some really uh, incredible things today, just so you'll know. All right, Let let me just show you why you don't need to fear death as a Christian. Uh, and this, this verse is one that I went through five years ago when I had the near-death experience. Philippians 1, 21, for to me, Paul said, to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's what I thought. I just felt like either way I win. Either way I win. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit for my labor. Yet, what shall I choose? I cannot tell. I literally felt that way because of what I tasted in that helicopter. 
For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. I'm going to tell you what I felt in the helicopter was far better than anything I've ever felt in the surf. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you or more needful for the body of Christ. So I know if I stay, God can use me to do more things in the body of Christ, but I don't know which one to choose. And people have said to me, thank you for fighting for your life. I actually didn't fight for my life. I fought for God's will at that time. I said, God, whatever you want, that's what I want. So you need to understand that whatever it is that you fear, you'll be devoted to. So if you fear death, you'll, you'll be devoted to or you'll worship life. Now, here's what you say. Well, what's wrong with worshiping life or enjoying life? Oh, nothing's wrong with it as long as it's the right kind of life. Remember, there's a wrong kind of fear and a right kind of fear. Okay, there's a wrong kind of life and a right kind of life. And let me explain to you. One is from God, one's from Satan. Let me keep going. Temporal life and eternal life. Temporal life did not come into this world until sin came into this world. There was no death until sin came into the world. Read Romans 5. Sin entered the world through Adam, and when sin entered the world, death entered the world. So God created eternal life from the beginning. And when sin came into the world from Satan, that's when temporal life. So here's what I'm saying. If you fear death, you will actually worship temporal life. You will worship and seek after the temporary. And here is the sadness. The temporary cannot bring you joy. So even though I'm living in the temporary now, my joy is from everything that I'm doing that's going to be eternal. Do you realize if you're a Christian, according to the Bible, you will never see, taste, or experience death? And I can give you all three of those scriptures. That the believer will not see death, will not taste death, or experience death. You know what you will experience? Relocation. That's it. Relocation. And so I've had people ask me sometimes, people say, well, so Pastor Robert, I mean, one day physically, you know, physically you're going to you die, what's going to happen? I mean, what, what, explain it to me. What, what will happen? Okay, I'm going to explain to you very simply, okay? The name of the series is Simplify. Here's what's going to happen. Jesus is going to come to me one day and say, we've been living in your house for a long time now. Let you and I leave and go live in my house. And when he says that, we're going to leave. And this body that you see is going to just fall on the floor. And y'all are going to gather around and say, oh, look, Pastor Robert died. But you're too late. <laughs> I died 42 years ago in a motel room called Jake's Motel, room 12. I died and Jesus lives in me. Do you know why you don't have to fear death? Because Jesus has already conquered death, hell, sin, and the grave. He's already conquered. So all, see, Satan doesn't have any new tricks. He deceived Eve with something she already had. 
And he tells you, if you'll do this, you'll be accepted. You're already accepted. You'll have success. He always leads you to triumph. You'll enjoy life more. And Jesus said, he who lives and believes in me will never die. We want you to take a moment to think about what Pastor Robert shared today and really listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. If you would like to receive our special offer this week, submit a prayer request or check out any of Pastor Robert's other messages, books, study guides, or other useful resources, visit us at pastorrobert.com or give us a call at 833-933-WORD. Again, that's 833-933-9673. Also be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter so we can be a part of your community. Thank you again for supporting this ministry and for joining us for the end of this series. Next time, we'll have another powerful message, and we hope you'll tune in again. Until then, be blessed.